Welcome to the Three Thirds Bank One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 38, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. How are you? Um, tired. Uh, I was going to say, I'm feeling refreshed after my long bank holiday weekend. <laughs> Oh, this is my this is my Friday night. I've just I've just worked for the last five days. So this is my this is my technical this is my Friday night. So a day off tomorrow. Day off tomorrow. Going out tomorrow. Oh. oh. I'm gonna go to a nice restaurant that we've not been to in Harwood, um, which has been recommended by one of Ashley's friends. So we're gonna we're gonna go up there. Well, well where's I mean, Harwood? Uh, other side of Bolton, I think. Outside of Bolton, just outside Bolton, somewhere, some somewhere near Bolton. I mean, well, last time, last time we spoke, you had a you had a day off on the horizon, and we recommend something to do with that day off, which is watch. You you did go fishing. Did you do do that? So yes, I did. I watched. um, I think I watched two. I think I watched the first two episodes, and you were absolutely right. It was just an absolute. It was just an absolute delight of a show to watch. Um, the one thing I did, the one thing I actually didn't mention last week about this, and we didn't really talk about this, is that I also didn't really have, I didn't really watch the fast show either. So that kind of, all that just passed me by. So, so White House and had nothing to on you growing up. <laughs> so, so to me, two TV newcomers I was watching going fishing. <laughs> just trying to make, make the way in the world of showbiz. Yeah. I mean, it's one way to start out just by going fishing and filming yourselves, isn't it? So, I mean, it's a promising career. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's all, yeah. always there for you whenever you just need a little, little bit of relaxing time. But it, I, I mean, was... I mean, Simon, I think you, you were. Gen- I did feel like I wanted to go fishing. I just. What felt you say, like, I, I just. I think I don't know if you mentioned it. I don't know if you mentioned it in the group or you mentioned it last week. I, thought, I genuinely felt like I needed to go fishing. You to just well, get... I'd just like to spend an afternoon with those two. Just listening. Yeah. Just listening, yeah. Yeah, it must be amazing to... But, I mean, what a concept, though. Like, it's a great idea, in it, if you could get it. You just... Like, I mean, I think of all these, like, you know, TV road trip shows. You get someone to pay for you to go on a journey around somewhere with, like, your best mates. Must be great, must not it? Well, I think the... Um... The controller of BBC Two, it must have been on BBC Two originally, was like just a massive Bob Mortimer fan. And when they pitched it to him, he was just a bit like, he like he didn't think it was a very good idea and the format would work. But he was just a bit like, oh, it's, it's a great opportunity to just get Bob Mortimer on. <laughs> and, uh... but, so, yeah. uh, oh, so it proved. So will will your day off tomorrow be as good as that? Cheesy. That's the question. Well, it might involve that as well. I mean, Ashley's off the oh. tomorrow. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't quite think it's Ashley's cup of tea, but um, I might be able to sneak an episode in at some point during the day. So, is it? Uh, so, presumably, table booked for tomorrow. You're not just turning up on the off chance. No, no, yeah, half, half, half six in the evening. So, the, so the, so the day is. So, the, there's plenty of time in the day. R- risk what? of it being. Is, is it going to be raining? What, what's the yeah. what's the outdoor cover situation going to be like? Oh, no, we, we've, we've checked about that. There's there's lots of cover. All oh, right, good. I mean, I'm assuming I'm going to still need to take some sort of coat and maybe three jumpers. But have they brought the indoors outside? 
Very much so. No. Well, there you go then. Who's going to drive? Um, I, I don't really know. I'll probably drive. It's not really. It doesn't really matter to me. I'll probably drive. I'll be working. I'll be working tomorrow anyway, so it doesn't really make any difference. I don't like working on it. I don't like working on the fuzzy head. Doesn't do me very well. Well, there we go. Anymore. So how's your week been, Simon? Yeah, pretty chilled out. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think what what I've done. I've done a little bit of DIY. Um, yeah. I've still not got rid of. I've got some plaster I need to get rid of. And that, and that still is um, frustrating me. You've got some plaster you need to get rid of. Oh, that's how we had an absolute nightmare, mate. So what? You, uh, what you just randomly plastering things in your house just to get rid of it? Well, we've been replastering the house, yeah, since we got it, and. Basically, Blinder's dad was doing it, but then he, he had a bad knee, so he couldn't do the hallway, so he like left that. And then, anyway, but we, we bought all the plaster, and he bought that, like, when it was, when pla- do you remember, it might, it might, well, you might not remember, it's sort of something you may have only paid attention to if you were in the business of plastering. <laughs> but last summer... The great, the great sand shortage, the great sand shortage of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, the the price of plaster went, and I mean this quite literally through the roof. Um, wow! And so, so plaster became like more valuable than gold. Um. Anyway, so we got this plaster, and then it turns out it like it has a sell by date, and you kind of have to use it. Um. So the guy, so a guy eventually came to plaster the hallway. A few weeks ago, and he was like, "Oh, well, that's actually gone off. You can't use that anymore." So we had to get. So we, so we were left with like these four bags of plaster, and he. I tried to take him to the tip, and this busybody comes around. And he's like, "Oh no, you can't be throwing that in there. You have to take it to a specialist." Why can't you get rid of plaster? Well, you have to take it to the special tip, um, and then they were like, um, "But you have to like turn up in full PPE and proof of your <laughs> and all sorts." Oh so, no. Steel cap boots and all this. Sounds a disaster. Yeah, it's so a you, plaster. So you've disaster. got off off plaster just sitting yeah. around your house. Yeah. In it in its bag, yeah. What would happen if you used it? I, I don't know. I don't know if it like just cracks or I don't know. So the guy that was plastering it, he was like, Oh, if you really want me to, I can use it, but he sort of advised against it. And Blinder's dad was like, oh, no, it's gone off, it's gone off, you can't use it. So I, I don't know what happens. Oh, well, I, I didn't know. One, one of the boxes is outside the house. That has been, I, I was slightly concerned when it rained because it was sunny at the time. So when I, because I brought a few bags, I had a, feel, I had a feeling the tip might have an issue with it. So I didn't put all four bags in the car. So they are quite heavy to lump around. I put two bags in the car. And then I you know, just tried to throw them in the, general waste one before anyone noticed the <laughs> guy, was, guy was a bit more eagle-eyed than I thought he was <laughs> is there not uh, is there not a hardcore and rubble section that's where I put my bag of cement but there was but he was he was like plaster has to go to this place um. well there you go you learn something new every day don't well, you yeah. oh yeah oh yeah but this is my, so basically I brought it back but then when I brought it back I I just I couldn't be bothered lumping it back into the house, so I just left it on the drive at the top of my drive. And then it was sunny at the time. It has obviously rained quite a lot since, and I was slightly concerned it might plaster itself to the um, 
<laughs> to my driveway, but I don't think I think the bag has has held it held it good. There you, well, there you go. But any any advice, please tweet us at um, three thirds mank. How to get rid of plaster? Yeah, and any plaster removal companies. I mean, it's quite a specific request. What to do if you got off plaster sat on the top of the driveway <laughs> outside in the rain for a couple of days, isn't it? Are these not the accessible punts that you think will get the audience going? Well, <laughs> I mean, we're all about the niche market, are we? Yeah. How about you, Ross? Did you enjoy your bank holiday weekend? I did enjoy my bank holiday weekend. Uh, I try to think what I did. Well, I tell you the big thing. Teddy came home Friday night from after school club uh, with uh, a Panini Euro twenty twenty sticker book that he'd been no. given for free, uh, which and a few stickers. So over the weekend, I've spent about twenty quid on stickers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but handily work. I mean, I don't know if anyone knows, but it's got all the squads in here. Knows exactly who's going to the Euros. Well, how how so, many players in each squad? Uh, well, let me just get England up. Just just got England. So they've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So there's a few spaces up for grabs, but. And how many fullbacks? Oh, so they've got well Trent's going. So oh, there we go. I mean, he's even he's in the twenties, not even in the twenty-three. <laughs> well, I mean, Panini's got an even more wild idea than you, Cheezer, because oh no, they've got Ben Chilwell. So we've got one left back and three right backs. I thought you were just going to say it's twenty full backs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I spent my weekend doing that really. Oh, it's a dangerous game, stickers, once you start. And uh, well, he, bit of a disappointment. He got his first, like, one that he'd already got as well. Got got need. Yeah, but he didn't quite under the he didn't quite understand the concept of trying to swap it with someone. <laughs> he just said, if I've got a spare one, I'll just put it in the bin. So no, you can <laughs> give it to one of your mates. <laughs> who's got, Valuable who's, currency, that, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Give it to your mates who's got the sticker book as well. You went, yeah, but they might have it as well. well give it what if everyone in my school's got it? Well, then you can put it in the bin. Can't you? Like, just you stick just it up. Put it in the bin. Stick it over the top. Makes the book a bit heavier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's 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 basically been my weekend peeling the backs off stickers. Which is yeah. what you do. It's work a lot of the time, isn't it? <laughs> no. It's, yeah. Basically. Busman's holiday, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so yeah. And then I cooked. What did I cook? I cooked a lovely beef and ale stew yesterday. That was nice. A nice winter warmer. That is, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a good tea, that, isn't it? Yeah. Dumplings what do you as well. serve it with? Dumplings, mash. Oh, I, oh. I, had dump, I had dumplings in ages. Yeah. No. There you go. Dumplings, well, mash. Uh, some broccoli as well they had with it. Well, you know what someone showed me? I've not, I've not got my hands on it yet. I've only been seen a, shown a picture. Apparently Iceland are selling barbecue, hula hoop barbecue, but potato hoops. Yeah, you know what else Iceland are selling? 
uh, Space Raiders potato. Have you tried them? Have you, have you got your hands on them yet? <laughs> no, I've not tried them. I've not got hands on them. But I know that I know they're selling them via TikTok because there's a guy who, who works at Iceland who goes around and tells you every new product. And he was very excited about the Space Raiders pickled onion flavor potato based snack. Oh, I don't know about pickled onion. Well, that's what I'd they are. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it's Iceland as well, so it's not going to be expensive, is it? That's the thing, yeah. It's only, you know, it's probably get both for a quid, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the fa- the food warehouse isn't actually that far away from my house, so man, I could pop in. Oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good place to go. That's a nice place to spend it. I'd sack off your meal out, cheesy. That's a nice place to spend it. It's raining. <laughs> if it's too cold and raining, that's, you could have an evening in there. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not quite sure I still appreciate the pickled onion uh, potato based products. I mean, I'd say, I mean, I'd say when, better better than when it was a mega bowl. And I don't say I, that. If I, uh, I mean, if I well, clearly when I bump into you two tomorrow in, in the food warehouse uh, picking up these uh, space traders, <laughs> you'll, know, you'll know how well the day off's gone. <laughs> is, this what, is this what you do, Simon, when you say he's got to take Belinda out? You just take her to the local chocolate spread <laughs> shop. She loves it. With, 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 a, with, a, with a loaf of Warburton's. <laughs> and a credit card. <laughs> Go wild. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what else about my weekend, though. I played football Sunday morning. And then uh, I turned up late. So the, we played, We had a double header. First game, we won 3-2. Second game, I played the whole game, lost 3-2. I am yet to win a game of football <laughs> since we come back. Uh be, be careful, you might be on, you might be on Liverpool's transfer targets. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then, uh, nice little segue, my afternoon was ruined in some way because there was no football to watch. No. Why is Well, um, so there was a very bit, well, what started off as, I thought was, was going to be a small-ish protest. Turned out to be a very big protest at Old Trafford against the, uh, against the owners of Manchester United. Um, and I think it, I think I actually think it was you that made me aware that it was happening. I, I, I kind of heard murmurs that something was going to happen before the game, and then some of the pictures that you'd sent to me, I, was, I, I just thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, so we will talk about um, that and the aftermath, and and whether um, it was a justified protest um, straight after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Three Thirds Bank One Third Scouse podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about the biggest story of the weekend, which was uh, the protest at Old Trafford. So, Ross, what was uh, the protest all about? Uh, no, I didn't actually realise there was a protest going on, or there was one planned before the match. But basically, it was a protest uh, against the Glazers uh, and the ownership of the club, and. Uh, Obviously, been reignited by the whole European Super League. Um, small protests that took place outside other clubs, uh, maybe last week, and then this was obviously the United fans' uh, organised protest. And yeah, it they t- they, they was planned to be outside Old Trafford and make a scene and chant glazes out and things like that, and hold your flags and scarves, and then uh, go from there. Really, um, which I think would have got some coverage, but ultimately 
got a lot more coverage because they managed to get into Old Trafford and get onto the pitch, um, which then impacted the game and the, the safety and security of um, of everything that was going on. And obviously, um, then the match was abandoned later on. So, so yeah, so the process was about that. Um, was this um, kind of a, a a lot of the uh, the talk on the in the aftermath has been it, this wasn't just about the European Super League. This has been the the culmination of sixteen years of uh, of Glazers uh, at Manchester United. Simon, do you think that's the? Do you think it, United fans have just reached tipping point? Yeah, I mean, United fans have always hated the Glazers. I think I think this probably is a combination of things. I I also think. I'm not sure it was like a coordinated plan of like, oh, we'll get in and we'll stop the game. I think it was one of those things where it was a pro the sort of protest we've seen so many times before. A bit like you guys. I like initially I thought, oh yeah, well you know, fans protest outside of ground. You know, it's sort of story you see all the time, isn't it? But and then it sort of escalated so quickly, and then they were in the ground. I, mean, I imagine they didn't turn up expecting getting in the ground to be that easy. I mean, it's a complete failure of security on Manchester United's part. And then, uh, yeah, and then it all it all kicked off, didn't it? And I don't know if there'll be there'll be any sort of I don't know how bothered the Glazers will be, but yeah, it was quite it was quite incredible. You know, those images of when they were inside the ground and on the pitch, and sort of it felt it felt like so many people were sort of storming the pitch at one stage. It was a it was amazing to, to look at, and it, you know, it has kind of. It felt like European Super League and all that, that anger had kind of dissipated a bit. It sort of felt like it was almost the story from two weeks ago and it was going to go away. But actually, you know, it's brought that right back to the forefront. Yeah, I think... Uh, so I, when I was in work today, I was speaking to someone uh, and he said one of his mates actually was at the protest. And I said, oh, did he did he go in? And he said, no, he waited outside because was it, it definitely wasn't a planned we're going to go down and we're going to try and get into Old Trafford. Um, but like you say, I think if they hadn't have got into Old Trafford and they hadn't have caused the match to be postponed, then it just would have been fans outside Old Trafford while a game gets played, wouldn't it, kind of story. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have actually shown anything. So I think in terms of for the protest and the protest getting some attention... Not that I'm saying like you could I condone this kind of like let's break into places behaviour, but it gets more coverage and almost gets the point across more of what what the fans are feeling and what they want. So in some ways I think it's a good thing. But like I say, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean if if protests are always purely peaceful and never really cause any disruption. They won't achieve anything. You are? Yeah, they don't achieve anything. Yeah, and they're very easy to ignore, aren't they? So in some way, a protest has got to cause disruption and affect people in some way. Otherwise, there's no real point to it. So, yeah, I think the fact the game got called off was, was ultimately a good thing. And I also think, like, as much as there's a lot of other clubs fans which um saying that, oh, it ruined it because people are looking forward to the game of football and they ruined it. And this is like, I know not all City fans and not all Liverpool fans, but it was some of their fans saying it. I just thought, well, yeah, but like your clubs were at the heart of this as well and Liverpool fans aren't happy with their owners. Like it's 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 not just a shout-out to the Glazers, although it was at this time, but it's a shout-out to all 
football owners in the country who think they can do things like this to the game, isn't it? That that protest happened ultimately. So, yeah, no, I, I just thought. I, th- I mean, I kind of reflected on it now. When once when I kind of when I was watching it kind of unfold on on Sunday, I, when I when I kind of got home from work, I thought, I thought absolutely, you can understand exactly why the protest happened, and I suppose. When there's that many, when there's that many fans there, um, and it almost felt like it was always going to escalate into um, just what else? Because you, you were right, kind of once they'd got on, once they'd found out clearly that they could just, you can clearly walk up to Old Trafford and pretty much walk straight onto the pitch. I mean, the scenes of them trying to smash the door in and then getting inside and getting into a lift. I mean, where they were going in that lift, I've absolutely no idea, but. It's, I didn't think that it's not like the Glazers were upstairs, is it? It's not like that they were they were out there to come find him. I just thought it was a bit random that that would be that they just start smashing the stadium up and then like they start chucking the cameras everywhere. And but I suppose it's one of them, once you're inside, what, what do you do when you saw a football pitch and there's nobody in it? There's only like yeah. so much. That, there's only like so much that you, you can do. And even for even for the first part of it, when I, I think the first time I saw the United fans on the pitch, and I thought I thought to myself, oh, somebody's brought a ball. Forgetting that in like four, an hour and a half's time, there was a, the, one of the biggest games in the world that was about to happen, and there clearly be footballs around the pitch. Um, but I, I, I don't know; it's, it's, it's one of those things. And like, you were right; Sky was still going. The, the whole Sky thing was still going on while they were on the pitch. And um, I think Jeff Trees and Jamie Carragher were doing the pitch side, one of the pitch side reports, and while they kind of broken in. But then, as soon as somebody chucks a flare at the at the stage, then obviously the Everybody scarpers off, and I don't know whether Sky cut to a, a, another game that was going on, or they, they just went inside and, and, and did something different. But it just seemed a little bit. It just kind of felt. I, don't, I just kind of felt it went a bit weird. I think as for as much as the Liverpool fans hate the um, John Henry and whatever they did, I, I don't know whether or not that they, they smashed the stadium up. But you, I don't know whether or not that they were genuine yeah. fans that were there and people that were just out to cause a, a, a bit of trouble and, and saw an opportunity to go and to go and protest. I don't know. I mean, I mean look, getting, like, getting into the dressing like, room. What? What? Why would somebody like try and get into the dressing rooms? It doesn't. It doesn't really make an. I, doesn't, I don't really. Make, it doesn't really make much sense. But no, I but it's know. like you say that. Like the the. I mean, not fortunate thing. That's probably the wrong word. But the for the protest and being able to get in Old Trafford because it was not planned. Like like you say, you go in and then it's like, oh, what do we do? It's not like right, we're going to go. They would have said beforehand, we're going to have a protest, we're going to try and get into Old Trafford, then we're going to get as many people on the pitch to show yeah. on the pitch, then that would have been caught. But because it was uncoordinated, then it's like you say, everyone's just kind of in their own little, oh, what do I do? Well, some people go, well, I want to get in the, I want to take a picture in the changing rooms on a match day, or like there's videos of some guys recreating Rooney's overhead. Yeah. Overhead goal in, at, the, at the thingy, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, it was a bit like, obviously, it was a haphazard because. No one really had a clue what they were doing, and then, like you say, when they when they're throwing flares and destroying things, that's just I don't get what that's achieving. Um, I mean, the fact you've got in and there's people on the pitch with green and gold flares being set off and banners on the pitch, and it's disrupting Sky's coverage of football matches. Then that that's that's enough of a statement. But then, like you say, the rest of it, like picking up camera equipment and throwing it and. I, it, that that's when you have to say no that's not right really I've never understood football fans obsession with flares <laughs> Ooh, they're, they're really dangerous 
I would like to <laughs> I was find it amazing that they still get into stadiums. Yeah. Like unless unless you're basically a fisherman in distress, I don't know why you would ever want to light a flare. Maybe they are all fishermen. It might be their equivalent of excess plaster that's going off. Need to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it'd be interesting, though. It'd be interesting. My only worry is that, obviously, um, this thought that there's more protest plan. Now, obviously, on your first protest, you've managed to get into a stadium and cause some big disruption. Once once the bar's been set, you only try and push things further and further to make your point, don't you? So my only worry is where, what ends up happening next. Because there will be an element of, there'll be a planned protest and it will be organised in some way, but then you're always going to get a load of lads who just want to turn up and have a drink and sing songs with a load of other people and then get a bit leery and then do something a bit more out there because that happened last time. So that's the only concern for me that there ends up being actual real trouble as opposed, even though there was, but more trouble than there was this time around. Do you, um, do you think it makes the Glazers more or likely, more or less likely to sell or do you think it'll make no difference at all? Uh, I think that one makes no difference. I think, I think, I think, if there were, the protest would have stayed outside Old Trafford, I don't think, think they would have heard about it, to be honest. Uh, but obviously, I think they've probably got to know about this one because it's probably gone... I imagine it's been a bit more of a worldwide story because of the game got postponed and it's the first one in Premier League history and it was a United-Liverpool game. So the only way I think that it'll put pressure on is if they keep up a sustained, sustained pressure of protest. But I don't know how you do that, really. What do you think, Simon? Um, I think like the fact that the game had to be postponed, like that is a big deal, and like that must sort of it makes it into a massive news story, and it like there must be financial consequences in terms of you know you just in like having to pay all the people, how many people you pay to even in the current situation to put on a great game, you sort of got to pay them again to do it once more. So I, I, I think it must like affect the Glazers. This might must have got to the Glazers in a way that I suspect often the Glazers, who I kind of imagine are fairly detached owners of Manchester United. I wouldn't surprise me that we often, very rarely, do the protest word of a protest get back to them. Um, in a way that I think they must have been aware of this one. Having said that, you know. I think that their instinct will always be to just ride out any, you know, they've, they've ridden out so many protests in the past. You sort of feel like how, how intimidated are they going to be by anything? I mean, that that's one of the annoying things about United being the size of the club. It is because ultimately they're only interested in the money, aren't they? And the ultimate, they know that the brand of Manchester United, I think they think in their heads, they don't actually need the local people because they have the global market to they have the Asian market, they have the American market, they have this market to tap into that they'll still get the money from. So and there'll still always be a clamour for 
tickets to watch United. I know there'll be always people wanting to go and watch United, so they're always going to make money in, in ways, aren't they? So, yeah, unless it's sustained and it, it keeps hitting the pocket and keeps hitting the pocket, then I don't know what you do. I, I don't know. The, I, I, I think you're right that they will just be inclined to just go, well, we'll see how long this lasts. We'll give it, we'll give it to six months and then probably died out by then. Which is annoying, really, but well, it's it's kind of the business end of the season as well, isn't it? So it's what it's what ends up happening for for the rest of the season. I mean, what I mean, what's going to happen? When's the game going to get replayed? Yeah, well, that's or, or is the game so I was I was convinced all along, all along. I was convinced they were going to play that game that day. Like that, that even if it ended up kicking off at like eight o'clock, it was going to happen that day. And then I thought. I thought if it doesn't happen that day, it'll happen like Monday morning, like 10 a.m. Monday morning or something. Just because I thought they'd be desperate to just get the game out of the way because, you know, now it is. Well, it's yeah, a real nightmare of rescheduling, isn't it? I did think that they'd get it play it. But then, uh, I mean, Graham Souness was doing my editing throughout it all because he was saying if the game's been called off, something serious must have gone on. Like the fans must have done something really serious and almost like blaming Manchester United fans for protesting in some way. Um, but then, I mean, I, th- I can't remember, he said it was, it was Neville or Carragher. said if fans had been in the dressing room, then obviously players are supposed to be in these biosecure, well, they're not biosecure, but they're in these red zones and yellow zones and green zones. And if 100 fans have been in this in, this, in the changing rooms, none of them have been tested for coronavirus and they're all getting tested regularly, then you've, you've no idea what they've been exposed to, do you? Go wipe so, everything down and... Yeah, so it's it's a bigger task than it actually... And making sure... And then, say, if say if three or four United players and Liverpool players picked up coronavirus and then that took them two teams out for the rest of... For another 10... Like, also, it becomes a bigger issue, doesn't it? So I, I don't think it was anything to do with anything serious, more serious than other than the, the whole maybe sterilising everything and making sure it's safe that way. But, yeah, I mean, the way the way Sunis was going on, he he was banging on as if, like, fans shouldn't be protesting. And he, made, he said one comment that uh, United fans didn't really care about the Glazers when Fergie was there and they were winning things. And I thought, there's a whole football club being created because of yeah. the Glazers, isn't there? Like, there was a protest going on. And then inside the stadium, the green and gold was wore for months and months and months. Yeah, it might have died away a bit as it's gone on, but it's still always been there. And like you say, Simon, this is probably a tipping point to take it. The European Super League was a tipping point to, to stage these new protests. But, I mean, Neville called Souness out on the day when he said uh, he's surprised at what Souness is saying because uh, Souness is a guy who took the Galatasaray flag and stuck it in the centre circle of whatever their rivals are and almost caused a riot in the city. So I just thought, oh, come on, let's let's have a big picture thinking here and see what it's all about. But was that when was that a moment when Gary Neville wasn't um having a go at Dave Jones? Yeah, I always feel incredibly sorry for Dave Jones in these moments. <laughs> because you know he's got about ten Sky producers people in his ear just telling him we have to keep the legal side of this, don't we? <laughs> And because all he kept banging on about was trespass, 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 <laughs> trespass, legal, 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 legal. When Gary Neville and Carrie are like basically riling up fans and telling them to go out and do more and more and more. So, 
But it must be horrible as well. Like, I reckon he agreed with it and then getting told to say other things. Horrible position to be in. But yeah, probably quite well paid though, isn't it? Yeah, well, he said that so. more, more people watched that than the more people more people watched the fact there was no game than watched the Arsenal Tottenham game. Was that is that what is, was that the the stat the day after or something like that? More people well, yeah, again like, that never Sky, Sky live for moments like this, don't they? Yeah. And the yeah. I watched the no game because I always think when when you stick a set of football people who have to fill up an hour and a half of live TV and they've only really planned half an hour for the entire time that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Something's going to happen. It's going to be great TV. It's like when I, we're, uh, I like Michael Richards as a pundit, but I didn't sense he was really prepared to be going off piste on, uh, <laughs> on the protests. Yeah. And on the future of football. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's yeah. very much like, I can't really laugh at this moment, can I? So what, <laughs> yeah. what else have I to offer? Yeah. No, it was we'll, we'll, amazing we'll see what, what do you think? Do you think? Do you think now they'll try and force more games off, Simon? I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know what happens next. And I, I think you're you're right in as much as you kind of need these things to grow, and it's hard to see how you're going to do anything as big as getting a game called off, unless unless like you just don't let Man United play again. For the rest of the season, well, yeah, and, and you know, and the trouble is, you kind of they've kind of fluked it that first time, but you know, in in the future, you feel like there'll probably be more security in place. So, yeah, so then, it, yeah. it would need to be a really well coordinated thing to to get another game called off. So yes, I I, I don't know what will happen. I, I've always felt the only way to really get to the Glazers is to kind of hit them in the pocket and you need like some kind of organized thing of right we're not going to pay we're not going no one's going to buy a season ticket or or like no one's going to buy a drink inside the ground or no one's going to buy a replica shirt and you know and ultimately I'm not sure that will ever happen because and I hate to say the glazers are probably right in as much as there probably are enough man united fans across the world that mean that it doesn't really matter what people in Manchester do. <coughs> I thought, what did I was, you? I thought it's been really. I thought I just think it's going to be really difficult to put that game on because the last is it the last two rounds that teams can have ten thousand fans, ten thousand home fans, and two hundred away fans. I was like that. Just it almost just feels like a complete recipe for disaster to do, postpone that game to then to the point where they let ten thousand United fans in and and. 200 Liverpool away fans in, into, that, into that game. It just doesn't seem... Well, is there, so is the talk of Liverpool are going to have to rearrange... There's going to be a Liverpool-West Brom game rearranged on FA Cup weekend and then it can they can play that Sunday? I don't know because I don't know when Liverpool play. I don't know when that game... Either which way, I don't think there's a... Liverpool have got a free... Well, Liverpool have got plenty of free midweeks, I suppose, but... Um, I don't know if I, I don't. I don't think Liverpool would sign up to that. I mean, I know it's not really Liverpool's decision; it's more to do with the Premier League. But I don't know how. I, I mean, the, really the, match, the match has to happen. They, they can't just United and Liverpool can't just play thirty-seven games this year. So, uh, so no, yeah, and, I don't know what I don't know what's good. a lot of a lot of people said. Obviously, uh, obviously, the, the people have come out and said, "Oh, United have not been able to put the game on. They they should they United have forfeited the game and all this kind of rubbish." But 
you oh, you want to see the game being played. You don't you don't you don't ultimately want that to be to happen at all. But I, I don't know when. I just find it bizarre that nothing's. I mean, what I mean, what what day is it now? We're we're on Wednesday, Tuesday, and nothing. Nobody said anything. And like, there's not been no communication about when it's going to happen. You feel like just the longer and longer and longer it goes on, it's like when is this? When is this game going to get played? I almost feel I hadn't even thought about this, but were you saying about the fans going in for the last few games, Cheddar? That a, a protest from the fans could be that the fans inside the stadium make the way onto the pitch from inside the ground, like the, the legally inside the ground, and then invade the pitch. Yeah, that's what that. Well, I mean, getting just even just getting the the coaches to the. I mean, they wouldn't even let the coaches leave the hotel. There was people outside the hotel, wasn't there? So even if. Yeah, but a strong the, police presence can sort that out, can't it? Really? I don't know. It's, I, it, something will happen because they've said they're going to do more protests and they're going to, there's going to be a, a case of one-upmanship, isn't it? But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Because but... United, United are away this week. United are not at home either. They're away at Villa this weekend. So I don't know when, I don't actually know when United's next home game actually is. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. And the other thing is, uh, the statement of this weekend was obviously it's United-Liverpool, isn't it? So it's one of the, the biggest games. I mean, I know we didn't pick it up last week on the podcast. But in terms of English football, it's one of the biggest games in the calendar, isn't it? Whereas Man United versus Aston Villa, it's not quite the headline, is it? It's not the same, really. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You think there'll be any? Do you think yeah, there'll be there'll be any protest at Villa? Do you think United? There's no like you, nobody's going to be going down to Villa to go and protest this weekend. It's just going to be at Old Trafford. Uh, I think it'll just be Old Trafford, really. I can't see people going. I don't see. I don't see what statement it sends going down to Villa. I'm doing it. I mean, not that that won't stop some people, but. Well, it seems to be the being thing this this weekend. There was quite a few. Uh, there was incidents at um, Bolton, and I think uh, Bolton could have Bolton could have got up this weekend. So there was people that had gone to the stadium in Bolton. It's obviously the business end of the season. You teams are going up and teams are getting promoted, and they've not been allowed in the stadium all season. And then it's very difficult to keep fans away from from stadiums. So we'll, we'll just have to we'll just have to see. Simon. If there yeah. was another plan protest, would you ever consider going down? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think a bit of me would be kind of fearful of it sort of getting out of hand in so much as I kind of, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there accidentally finding myself storming a stadium and throw, you know, <laughs> and be, being part of people that are throwing flares around. How did they end up in the gantry throwing the camera off there? <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, accidental. <laughs> oh, what about you? I don't know. I, I've always had a I've always had a thing in me that I've wanted to go to a protest. I've wanted to protest against something. Yeah. And I, I did think that maybe like if I did go to a protest, it would probably be something more political and meaningful than maybe a football club's ownership. But I don't know. Do I feel like, yeah, maybe I should, you know, but then like, I'm kind of the same as you. I don't want to be, I don't want to get just, you you find yourself in it and it all seems happy. And then all of a sudden 
your part of the crowd turns and then they're suddenly attacking the police and you're just stuck in the middle of it with no way out. I just want to find, like, there should just be, if and there should just be someone holding up a big, like, sign saying, this is the safe part of the protest. Yeah. <laughs> and add to it. And you know, you, you can be there in spirit and, yeah. The, the quiet space. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it, but, yeah, it's just... But I think similar to... sort of admired the people that did it. I think it, like, it takes... It takes a bit of gumption, doesn't it, to, to, to got get involved in that type of thing. Yeah. But like you I said before, you... it's definitely a, a one-up. So 10,000 people turn up this time. There's 20,000-plus people turning up next time just because of what happened this time. Well, yeah. I agree. I mean, what I did like, that someone took the corner flag, didn't they? Yeah. Well. What a souvenir you've got. That, yeah. You've got a Man United, you've got a corner flag in your house somewhere. What, what would you do? Would you, would you keep it in your house or would you put it in your garden? You know what I would have tried to do? I would have tried to attack all four and use them for the Sunday League team because we're always short of corner flags. <laughs> <laughs> And and you could have left a captain's arm man, couldn't you? So it would have been a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and yet again, actual football has is, is increasingly been the most boring part about football, hasn't it? Well... This season has turned into a bit of a dead rubber, hasn't it? Last four or five games, do you not think? Yeah, well, I mean, that <laughs> the thing that was sort of kind of lost in all of it was that City could have actually won the league on Sunday. <laughs> it all delayed Manchester City winning the title. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, mean... West Brom drew West Brom drew yesterday, didn't they? So, I mean, I've not looked at the yeah. sale, but I think relegation is that kind of sorted now. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty they're much 11, down. I think they're eleven point. They're eleven points from save down with four games left. So, and Fulham, Fulham got beat as well, didn't they? Yeah, Fulham played Chelsea. Chelsea won. So the bottom three is pretty much sorted. The top four, although it looked like it was going to be exciting, like fourth place, doesn't look like it's going to be exciting anymore. Does it? It all depends but, on Leicester's three games, but I can't. I can't ultimately see Leicester losing the last three games. I know that they're playing. They play you, play Chelsea, and they play Spurs. But whether it comes down to the last day, or not, I don't know. City have still got to play um, West Ham. I think West Ham have got the easiest run of games. I don't think they've got to play. And they're playing four of the bottom six. So if anybody's if anybody's really got a, probably a chance to get in, it's probably West Ham. I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll unless unless something drastic happens. I don't think we'll, I, I think our seasons run. I think we'll be playing Europa League football next year, which is oh. a little bit unfortunate. That's where dreams are made, Cheezer. Yeah. I say it just quickly. Obviously, the next game for United is Roma on Thursday. Do you think now? I I was thinking today. Do you think Oli will play a stronger squad because he didn't play at the weekend? Oh, well, yeah, potentially. I hadn't really thought about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that he was quite strong. Uh, uh, with the lineups out for, uh, for Sunday's yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they did come out, yeah. And it was a relatively strong 
I mean, just, he just rested Cavani, didn't he? Greenwood was flying up from, and Cavani didn't yeah. play. So, but yeah, I, I think, I think he'll put. He might, he might bump for what you consider one of his strongest, strongest teams. And you know, you can make five changes in Europe League, and it's one of them. Play your strong team, and then if you at half time when it's comfortable, you can start bringing people off, can't you? Yeah. Better safe than sorry. And then one last big story from today, Simon, uh, to do with Roma. Yes. Jose Mourinho will be back in management next year. Sats from Spurs gets a bigger job. <laughs> Where, like, it's basically, is this, do you think when Mourinho first went out in management, he decided that, he was going to spend like 10 years going around all the top teams in Europe. Then he spent the next <laughs> 10 years of his career going around all like the, the second tier teams in well, Europe. So my, um, my understanding was that, and the sort of things I was reading was that Italy was the one place, because obviously his experience of managing Italy was, won everything with Inter Milan, left when they were on top and went to Real Madrid. And that in Italy, he was still quite highly regarded. <coughs> um, and maybe Roma are a bigger team than I thought they were. But I I, saw, I I kind of felt that Italy was the place where actually he was still a guy in demand from the big clubs. You know, Juventus have had a bad year under Perlo, probably going to get rid. AC Milan are always this sleeping giant who are sort of looking for a big name manager and money to plough in. You know, I, I thought he would... Get, He'd be able to get a bigger job in Italy than Roma, but 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 clearly not. And uh, yeah, he's not let much time wait until he's going to be back in management. I think he sort of starts at the start of next season, doesn't he? It'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I wonder what mid-ranking team in Germany he's going to go to next. Yeah, that'd be the that'd be the question. How long do you give him, uh, Cheeser? Um, a season and a half. I think he'll get Roma back in the Champions League. Um, and then it will all fall apart in the second season. I mean, I mean, I don't know if he's, I don't know what he's got. To, I mean, well, the game last week kind of showed he's not got a lot to work with, has he? So, well, be, I mean, not, was, there, was Chris Small in there at Old Trafford when, when he was? Was it Mkhitaryan? Yeah. Mkhitaryan yeah. scored in the Europa League final, didn't he? Yeah, Smalling was there. I bet they can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I mean, if you're a Roma fan, you must just be good. Uh, I mean, unless you like you say, Simon, he's still quite highly thought of, but if you were Mourinho's coming to your club, you just say, oh, I've got a right boring 18 months to watch on the pitch, and I don't get you thrilled and excited, does it? That's Italian football, isn't it? They love boring matches. No, true. Right. But yeah, if you're a if you're a a six foot central midfielder, you 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 sending CV off. To, you're starting Italian lessons, aren't you? You're saying you're saying Fellaini might be getting bored of the Chinese Super League. <laughs> yeah, and... well, it would not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, is that it? I think that's it, isn't it? 
Until next week. I mean, yeah. Enjoy as always. What, what time are you waking up tomorrow, Ross? Me? Well, I so what I so since Claire's been back at work, Claire said to me the only job she wants me to do is get get Teddy and Luke dressed in the morning. So I said okay. So she says, like ends up getting up at like six o'clock and racing around the house, whereas I just tend to stay in bed till twenty past seven and then <laughs> <laughs> shout the boys up and Teddy can dress himself and Claire's ladies' clothes out in the morning, so I don't even have to do that. And then I just have to put Luke's underpants on and he can do the rest. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to let her know because I, I, I keep saying it's been a nightmare, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so about half past seven, I'll probably be up. Oh, so not, yeah, not too bad then. Not too bad now. Yeah. Right, well, I better go to bed. Otherwise, it will be too late. And especially on a school night. Well, until next time. Goodbye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.